0: Welcome back to Psyched for Peds, the child mental health podcast for pediatric clinicians, helping you help kids. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Falucco, child psychiatrist and mom. After last week's episode about pediatric post-traumatic stress disorder, I heard from a number of you about the screening tool that Dr. Brooks Keeshan mentioned called the Pediatric Traumatic Stress Screening Tool. Since many of you were not as familiar with using it, I thought I'd illustrate how this plays out in clinical practice and also give you some tips about how I personally have found it to be useful. In this case, a little 8-year-old girl was referred to me because of outbursts or quote temper tantrums. I'm sure you get a lot of these referrals. It's hard to try to figure out why are these kids having temper tantrums? What is making them so upset? Part of our job is to do the detective work and try to figure out what is triggering them or What particular situations or experiences are making them so uncomfortable that they're expressing their frustration as outbursts or temper tantrums? So walking through the case, the first thing we have to do is the evaluation. For this little girl, mom described her as having temper tantrums, where she would just stomp her feet and then sometimes be so mad she would physically throw herself on the ground and yell And scream things like, you're lying or no, I didn't do that. When somebody tells her no or her brother's being mean to her, that usually sends her into these temper tantrums or behaviors that mom described. Afterwards, mom will respond with a punishment, taking away her phone. And yes, she was eight years old and did have a phone. Other consequences are that she had been written up in school because she had pushed or shoved other kids. The first thing that was a little bit of a red flag was pretty significant physical aggression. She's shoving and pushing other kids at school as resulting in suspensions. While it may be normal to see kids fight with their siblings, or at least it is in my home, it's less Typical for kids to be physically aggressive at school and particularly for girls to do that. And so that made me stop and think, what else could be going on here? Is there a possible developmental or intellectual disability or some type of neurodevelopmental disorder, autism spectrum disorder, that's making it so that while she's eight, her reactions are more typical for somebody who is developmentally much younger? And you look through her developmental history and it's pretty unremarkable. And in fact, At school, her grades are just fine, and she's developmentally typical, making us less concerned about neurodevelopmental or intellectual disability. In a developmentally typical child, the differential diagnosis for temper tantrums or emotional outbursts includes things like ADHD or anxiety or traumatic stress or possibly depression or some mood disorder. And since we're all moving quickly in pediatric primary care, it's really helpful to have screening tools at the ready to provide you with information to easily and quickly help you rule in or rule out some of these options. When I'm gathering information about ADHD, the rating skill I like to use is the Vanderbilt. It's pretty easy to complete. And it can be given to the parents as well as to the teachers to get collateral about how the kid is performing at home and at school. You may know my favorite anxiety screener is the Scared. We did a whole episode on it. We collected that for anxiety. And then for trauma, we checked the pediatric traumatic stress screening tool. Given her age, she's eight years old. I was less concerned about a possible diagnosis of depression. And so I did not check any sort of depression screening tool with her. However, if she were 12 or older, I would have thought about that and collected that information. As an aside about screening tools, ideally you want to give them to the family before the visit or when they check in so you have the information available to make clinical decisions and to guide your interview. At the same time, I completely recognize the reality that we don't have the luxury of time. Really in any of our settings and oftentimes if your clinic is at all like mine, families are running very late and they're checking in really late and so they may not have a lot of time to complete pre-visit paperwork. If you're in a really time pressured situation where you think there's no way realistically the family's going to have time to complete all of these screeners before you walk into the room, then you have to triage and figure out what is the most important thing. In this case, we've decided we want to evaluate for ADHD, anxiety and trauma. How I would prioritize in a case like this is I would actually wait to give the ADHD rating scale until the appointment is over. Because the reality is we need information from both the parents as well as from teachers or other caregivers in other settings before we could really make a diagnosis. So then we just focus today's visit on anxiety and trauma. And remember, the trauma screening tool really just has two questions that ask about traumatic exposure and if the child or the parent report that there has not been a traumatic exposure, then they don't complete the rest of it. So essentially, we're really doing an anxiety screening tool plus potentially two questions. So for this little girl, we gave mom a Vanderbilt that looked pretty positive, and we're awaiting further collateral and Vanderbilt's from the other parent and from the teacher. And then we gave a scared parent and a scared child to screen for anxiety. And remember, the cutoff score for the scared is 25. So anything above 25 is concerning for clinically significant anxiety. The higher it is, the more concerning it is. 25 is the cutoff. This little girl scored a 59, and mom's score was about that high. So the second red flag here is when you get Scores on screening tools that are much, much higher than you typically expect, that's another sign that there is something else going on that we're missing. The most helpful piece of evidence was the pediatric traumatic stress screening tool. We had the mom fill out a 6- to 10-year-old parent report. We had a very high score. The parent endorsed a traumatic experience that had occurred actually a couple of years ago but was pretty significant. And then of the 12 symptoms, mom rated pretty much all of them as high as possible. So to summarize, we have an eight-year-old girl with a history of temper tantrums and pretty significant emotional outbursts who has a very high anxiety screening score and a very high screening score for post-traumatic stress disorder. Now this brings us to the examination and interview with the child herself. When we're suspecting PTSD and ADHD, in anxiety, in my mind, PTSD trumps all. My game plan in interviewing her is to flesh out what would she define as the traumatic experience. We know what mom thinks, but what is her personal experience? Then we need to figure out about her safety, making sure that she's not at danger of being harmed currently, and that she's not having thoughts of self harm or suicide. And then beyond that, we look at the symptoms and think. Do we need to be referring for trauma-focused CBT? And is there anything else we can do today to help the family? Assessing kids who have a history of trauma and traumatic stress can be very challenging using a clinical interview because it's very difficult for them to talk about the significant traumatic trigger. They often shut down and they get really quiet and you can just see them have the physiologic response of freezing in the office. And usually at that point, I pause and take a step back and just observe, wow, when I asked you about this scary thing that happened, I noticed you got really quiet and and you didn't want to answer. Is that because this is really hard to talk about? And usually they'll nod and I'll try to provide reassurance and say, look, if this is making you very uncomfortable to talk about, I don't want to push and I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. So we don't have to get into this today. But one thing that I do need to know is I need to make sure that you're safe. In order to determine safety, ask the child and the family member potentially about whether there's any current ongoing concerns about risk of abuse or neglect or whichever the traumatic experience was, and then ask the child or the teen themselves about suicidal thoughts or thoughts of self-harm. When I met one-on-one with her, I use the script or the wording that's on the pediatric traumatic stress screening tool. Sometimes really violent or really scary or upsetting things can happen. And it could be something that happened to you or something that you saw. And I asked her, has something like this, something really scary or upsetting happened to you? And she nodded and immediately told me about the same traumatic event that mom had described. Just mentioning The traumatic event caused her to break into tears. She then shared that she really was thinking about that a lot, and she was still scared three years later on a daily basis that something like that event was going to happen again. She talked about how she has memories of what she'd experienced and that she still has nightmares occasionally, that the event that happened ended up resulting in her mom dying. What was really interesting is that mom was in some ways surprised to hear this. And she said, I'm really close with my daughter and she's actually never told me about these nightmares or about what's going on. An excellent example of why it is so important to specifically ask about traumatic stress, because the kids who experience it are not necessarily advertising it. And in fact, they're doing the opposite of they're trying to avoid this topic. They're trying to avoid reminders of this topic. I will say not all kids are necessarily avoiding reminders of the topic. There's this phenomenon in PTSD that when we have experienced something very traumatic, on some level, subconsciously, we are reenacting the trauma as if to gain mastery over it. For little kids, what this looks like is that they will reenact the trauma in their play through toys or dolls or for very young kids. Or They'll just reenact it by talking about it a lot. I've had kids in my clinic who will repeat the story over and over to me. I'm not asking them to keep telling me about it. So you'll either see kids not want to talk about it at all, or you might see a little bit of this overfocus on it. Based on our evaluation of this little girl's temper tantrums or emotional outburst, it really seemed like there was a primary issue of pediatric post-traumatic stress disorder, as well as additional comorbid anxiety disorder. With the diagnosis of pediatric PTSD, of course, we checked for safety and there were no active concerns about self-harm or harm from others. As far as treatment for pediatric PTSD, so we referred her for trauma-focused CBT, the gold standard of treatment. The way we found trauma focused CBT providers is we went online to the tfcbt.org website and plugged in their zip code and got a list of therapists who were certified and trained in trauma focused CBT. Because her scared was also really significantly elevated and concerning for a comorbid anxiety disorder, we decided to start an SSRI to address the comorbid anxiety. Finally, in order to further evaluate the possibility of ADHD, We asked the parent to share the Vanderbilt rating scales with their co-parent as well as with the child's teachers. As for follow-up, we recommended that they return to the office in about four weeks, at which point we could look at the ADHD rating scales and also evaluate whether they've gotten into trauma-focused therapy and whether they've started the SSRI, if they've noticed any side effects or improvement. Unfortunately, it was going to take a couple of months for her to get into therapy. We have not yet seen her back. And it remains to be seen whether they decided to start the SSRI as well. One thing that I will tell you is that when we have kids with significant PTSD, typically they tend to be more complicated. They do not tend to respond as well to medication treatment, which is not to say that you don't try medications, but just you're less likely to get a slam dunk response to an SSRI in kids with trauma in addition to anxiety and mood disorders. To be continued on that, wrapping up this episode, we talked about red flags indicating that a child might have traumatic stress, such as aggression, the differential diagnosis for a child with temper tantrums or outbursts, which includes neurodevelopmental disorders, autism spectrum disorder, intellectual delay, learning disorders, and then, of course, finally, ADHD and the big three, anxiety, traumatic stress, and mood disorders. We talked about how to use the PTSD screener in practice, how to talk to kids about trauma and how to find trauma focused CBT in your community. I hope this was helpful, especially because I know many people are not familiar with the pediatric traumatic stress screening tool. So I just wanted to share a little bit about how we use it in practice. I am really interested in hearing what your questions are, if you have specific clinical questions or scenarios and want us to talk about them on the podcast, we'd love to help you. So email me at info at psychedforpeds.com or check out our website at psychedforpeds.com and send me a chat there. Or follow us on Instagram or Facebook at psyched4peds. Thanks so much for joining. See you next time.